How are you doing? Welcome to 2021. 2020 is over. 2021 is here, and we're excited. And uh, we think about that. We're starting a new series called Life Hacks, and this idea is that things, shortcuts you can take to make life easier. And uh, actually what I want you to get is over these next few weeks in the series of Life Hacks is that as we think about deepening our inner relationship with Jesus, that the opposite of life hacks is true. There is no shortcut to developing a deeper walk with Jesus Christ. And so there may be shortcuts here and there along life that you can choose, but this is one place where you have to do the hard work, it's difficult work, to grow and to deepen your inner spiritual life. One of the things about this question, how are you doing, in my world, is usually if I sit down across from someone with coffee or a meal and I ask, how are you doing? I can tell at which level of trust we've developed in our relationship because they'll easily go into deeper things or just like, it's good, like a teenage boy, right? Good. Or here's what's really happening in my life. And so this idea of how you're doing, we can answer in different ways. But 2020, I think one of the biggest struggles that we've had with 2020 is it's forced many of us, if not all of us, to push pause on different areas of our life. And in those moments of pushing pause in our areas of life, we've had to slow down. And when we've slowed down, it's made, uh, it has made us reflect a little bit on our interpersonal life. And in that slowing down, reflecting upon the interpersonal life, we've realized, many of us, we have a barren desert land and that we do not like who we are on the inside And so we're struggling with our identity, our purpose, our worth, and our value. And it's all because of this thing called pause because of COVID-19. And one of the areas that we can develop this and grow this is through time, personal time with the Savior, personal time in His Word. So this next few weeks, I want us just to take a little bit of a moment and begin to think about as we come out of 2020 into 2021, what are some life hacks that you can just pause begin to think about and develop and grow your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Our inner world, our private world, I believe is the battleground of this age. That we are really good at developing a brand or developing an image and photoshopping and cropping pictures and doing things and putting together a life that people, seemingly people like, but on the inside here, the real value and worth of our life we struggle with. And so for us as followers of Jesus, our heart and the deeper inner life is what truly matters. That's where our character, our will, our motive, even our emotions come from. There's an inner world in all of us that I believe that many of us, like an ocean, have just begun to explore and develop and to know. And this inside-out work that happens is hard work, and I don't know about you, but Gadgets come out, new apps come out, and I'm always an early adopter, and I think, man, if I just get this calendar app or if I just get this piece of technology, that will make my life more efficient or easier, and I spend more time trying to figure it out and eventually set it to the side, and it doesn't do the work. So then what I'm telling you this morning is there is not an app, there's not a gadget, there's nothing that will make this deep heart inner inner person work easier It takes time, it takes effort, it takes discipline to do it. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 27. Now, Proverbs is a book of wisdom uh, gathered by 
King Solomon, and he put it together to share wisdom with the people, practical wisdom that they can put in their heart and life and live out. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 here, Solomon shares a deal of how here's where the inner work begins, and if you do the hard inner work, what will be the benefits of it in your own life and in your spiritual life as well? My son or daughter, pay attention to what I say. Now, what parent hasn't said that? Child, hush, stop, pause, listen to what I say. Maybe even sometimes you've taken your child and you've taken them by the face and you've kind of brought them there and you've even provided blinders for them because if they see something else, it's like squirrel. You know, they're going here and in that moment, stop, pay attention and listen to the things I'm about to tell you because these words matter. And here, this is what the author of Proverbs is doing. My son, my daughter, please pay attention to what I say. Turn your ears to my words. Literally, that word words means teachings, the things I'm about to teach you. As parents we know, as grandparents we know, there are some some things that we teach that are life or death, that are extremely important. There are some other things that we teach that, hey, we would love for our kids to know it, but it's kind of iffy. Here the author of Proverbs is saying, these things, these teachings that I'm teaching you are important enough for us to pause and for you to hear me take notes. This is life or death for you. Pay attention, my son. Pay attention, my daughter, to what I'm about to say. Turn your ears toward my words. Verse 21, do not let them get out of your sight. In other words, focus on them. Do not let them go. Continue to pursue them. Keep them within your heart, for they, will, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's body. Now here's our key verse, verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Now this word heart is, it's our internal life source. It's the source, it's the center of our religious thought, it's the center of our will and our emotions, and it's also the place where everything kind of just moves from the center. So when the author of Proverbs is saying heart, he doesn't separate your mind. He doesn't separate your emotions. He doesn't separate your character. All of those things together are your heart. And so when he says attention, guard your heart, he's saying guard everything that is you. When they say Chris and the person thinks of your character, the character of Chris or whatever your name is, they're thinking about this is your heart. Your heart comes out through that. So guard your heart. What is it? How do you guard your heart? One way to guard your heart is it's a deliberate, disciplined choice that a person makes. Several of you have thought about 2021 and you have begun the process of making deliberate choices. You've decided, hey, I'm going to eat certain things and I'm not going to eat certain things. I'm going to get up at a certain time. I'm going to have a quiet time. I'm going to go to the gym or I'm not going to go to the gym. Um, I'm going to have certain relationships. I'm not going to have certain relationships. You've begun to make decisions to change your life and with the thought of it will make my life better. So the same is true in our walk with Jesus and our development of our inner person. We have to make deliberate, disciplined choices to grow and to guard our heart. The best way that I can draw an image for you is this way, is that you are a fortress and that your fortress, you have a moat around you. And in that fortress, the only way that someone or something can get to you into your fortress is by you letting down the drawbridge. That you get information in your center of your heart and in your will, and you say that what is going to enter into this fortress is worthy of me entertaining it and having it a part of my life. 
And so that you then make deliberate choices, discipline choices on whether you are going to let down the drawbridge of your heart and let things in or not. Because here's the interesting thing. Once you let something into your heart and into your home and into your forces, it's extremely difficult to get rid of it. There's something about when we let things into our life and into our fortress, it becomes a squatter, and it sits there. How do I know this? Because we spring clean at our house, and I know that you spring clean at your house as well. And you're consistently asking the question, do I need this anymore? And along the way, as you're asking that question, you're thinking, I haven't reused it in 50 years. But there's, gosh, there's got to be a reason that it's in my attic way back here in a bin because there might be a day in the next 50 years that I'm going to use it so you don't get rid of it. We do that in our life as well is that we let the drawbridge of our heart down and we invite things into our life that are not life-giving to us. And then we wonder how to get them out and we're not willing to. We have shame, we have pain, we have regret, whatever it may be. And we don't do the hard work of spring cleaning and getting those things out. Even though we know that with the getting rid of it comes freedom, comes life, comes victory, we're, we want to just... We just leave it there. We think if we just keep pushing it further and further back into the closet and not opening up that closet, we won't ever get to it. But for us, to guard our heart, the beginning part is beginning to listen to the voice of God that says to us, is it worthy enough, is it valuable enough, will it bring life to you to let down the drawbridge of your heart and let those things in? As we also understand, there are a lot of things that look like they're our friends but are actually our enemies. And we've let them into our life, and they suck the life out of us, slowly suck the life out of us. And we wonder why we don't have the energy. We wonder why we don't have the motivation. We wonder why certain things. And then you look up, and, and you realize that your entire diet has changed. The way that the things that you watch on TV, the things that you say. And so all of a sudden, you've slowly let things into your life, and you recognize the fact that your heartbeat and your mindset and your thought and your will and your motive and your character are shaped by all of these things. And slowly over time, it's been easier and easier to let down the drawbridge of your heart. And it's even more difficult to begin to say, you know what? I'm going to become a little bit choosier. I'm not going to let some of those things in that I once allowed before because they're not life-giving to me. Why? Because sometimes our neighbors are letting down their drawbridge for everything. And we, we see what they get or they don't get. And we're like, man, I wish I had this and, and I wish I had that. And we get into keeping up with the Joneses when us followers of Jesus, our drawbridge should be more held back than maybe it's let down. Be able to say, listen, I want this fortress to be a life-giving place for myself and for others. And I'm not going to let down my drawbridge for just anything. To guard the fortress. It's a deliberate, disciplined choice that we make to protect the fortress. And then also the other piece of this guarding is it's actually there's a proactiveness to it that we develop and strengthen our heart muscles. And so we exercise, we choose to eat well, we do things so that our heart will be healthy. Fat, greasy food makes for a fat, greasy dude. Okay? So we know that. So why do we eat fat, greasy food? Because we think if we're the ones that can eat fat, greasy food and not being end up being a fat, greasy dude. 
We do that in our spiritual life as well. We do not discipline ourselves and exercise ourselves in intentional discipline to get on the treadmill, to go to the gym, to do the things that we need to do to develop the heart muscle. And we're always reactive to. The doctor tells us, hey, you need to lose weight. You need to do this. You need to do that. Instead of proactively doing what we need to do to guard the heart. So for us, to guard the heart means to slowly let down the drawbridge and to listen to the heart of God and say, for God to say to us, no, that is not something for you. Yes, your neighbors are doing it. Everyone else is doing it, but it's not for you. Protect your heart and get working, developing the strength of those muscles. Well, then what's the result of guarding your heart? For the passage says, guard your heart because everything else flows out of it. So it's a source of life for us. And so what does that look like for us if we guard the heart and everything else flows out of it? It tells us in verses 24 and 27 this. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. In other words, as we guard our heart and the things that flow out of it, then our speech will actually change. Because words matter. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. We know that to be completely false. As a matter of fact, words bring life and they bring death. That you've had someone in your life that you love and you trust and they've brought, said something to you and it has either brought life or has brought harm. As a matter of fact, as I'm even talking about it, you're thinking about that person and you're thinking about that moment and you're thinking about the words that they said to you that cut deep and hurt and has caused you pain ever since. Words matter. We see it all the time. Someone famous, someone with influence will say something. They kind of let their guard down or whatever, and they say something that's highly inappropriate. And then immediately, what do they do? They apologize. They tweet an apology, and they say, I'm sorry, that's really not my character. Guess what? Eh, That really is their character. In that moment, they let down the wall, the brand, the image that they'd been working on, And out of that moment, out of the recesses of their heart, the things that they had let in and stored came out of their heart. You've done it. You've said something inappropriate. You've thought something inappropriate. And for for good or bad, you kind of stopped yourself. There are things in our heart that want to come out. There's evil in our heart that wants to come out. This part of guarding our heart keeps from trash from flowing in so that our heart can not be, not be a, a swamp of nastiness, but can be a resource and a river of life. So that when we see someone, we see someone and we can offer words of wisdom, we can offer words of truth, offer words of love that are life-giving, because we're not worried about our image. We're not worried about putting ourselves up before someone else. We want others to be raised up instead of putting other people down. Because I think that's one of the reasons that we say some of the things that we say is because we're worried that if we lift someone else up and encourage them, then they might actually feel good about themselves and others will see them and we have this image of ourselves and we push, we want to push people down. Guard your heart so that the words of your mouth will be life-giving. Even Jesus said it to the religious leaders of the day this way, you brood of snakes. It's pretty strong words. How could evil men like you speak what is good and what is right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. So that the things in your heart, what you spew out of your mouth is coming 
from the depths of your heart. The closets that you've been hiding have been opened up and you didn't realize it. And here it comes. Luke 6, 45. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. In other words, they've been storing up good things. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. So we're storing things up. It's a matter of what are we letting in through the drawbridge? What's coming into the house? What are we putting in our closets? What's coming into the house and the fortress? Good things or evil things? Because in that moment when it matters, what's going to come out? What you say flows from what's in your heart. So the results of guarding your heart, the good things that flow out of it, are are words that are life-giving, encouraging, that are lifting up, that you're not worried about your image, you're not worried about lifting yourself up, you're not worried about protecting yourself, you're finding someone and doing life with them and offering good, life-giving words and not cutting words and hurting words. Verse 25, let your eyes look straight ahead and fix your gaze directly before you. One of the things we know from Scripture is that our eyes actually help us determine whether there's light or whether there's darkness. And that for us to fix our eyes straight ahead means that we're taking one step at a time. Matter of fact, Psalm 119 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Now for us in our humanity, we would love to know what a thousand steps ahead looks like and what ten years will look like. However, God says to us, today is enough. Worry about today. So today, guard your heart. Let my word be a lamp unto your feet, a a lamp unto your feet, just enough to take the next step in truth. Guard your heart today. Let the lamp be a guard for your light, your path, just enough for today. One day at a time. And you'll wake up in 10 years. And you'll be at a place where God wants you to be. You'll be at a place that you need to be. Your house will be more free. You won't have all the junk that you're carrying around, and you can have freedom in your life one step at a time. But it all takes this little bit of light to move forward. Have you ever thought about it? When you're in darkness, you don't even know how dark dark is. Our eyes adjust, but in complete darkness, you can't even see your hand in front of your face. Hear what Paul is saying to us when he says, hey, your, your eyes matter. Saying again, what are the things that you're letting in that provide light to your path. Thy word, Lord, your teachings provide just enough light for me to take the next step. Wisdom from other places that is not life-giving, actually, we don't even realize that we're living in darkness. We can walk by the steps of thy word one step at a time safely and not even realize there's a snake here, there's a bear here, there's danger here, because God is lighting a path that's of safety for us, and we can go through the darkest of places knowing that one step at a time he is lighting our path and we're dependent upon him and sometimes listening to his voice to take the next step. And we have a lot of other things we could be worrying about. We could easily get focused on all this other stuff, and we get focused on the snake here and the bear here and all the other dangers ahead. Instead of this one thing, we can trip and fall. But God says to us, fix your eyes on the path ahead and take one step at a time. Look at verse 26, 27. Therefore, then, give careful thought to the paths of your feet. In other words, we're, we're, we're going on a path that we've got to give carefully, right? Because if we go to the right or we go to the left, there's danger. So our eyes are focused on 
thy word lighting up one step of our path at a time. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all of your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your feet from evil. Walking one step after another. One step after another. So here's my question for you. How are you doing? How are you doing? You've gone through 2020. We've had this moment of pause, this moment of reflection. And some of us found that our souls, our hearts, our minds, our wills, our emotions were barren wasteland, longing and thirsting for something more. And the image and the brand and the Photoshop life that we put together has crumbled around us. And we're wanting something more. And that the deal is, is there is not a life hack for that. There is not a shortcut from barren wasteland to a promised land full of fruit and honey and abundance. It takes daily steps, day by day, spending time in God's Word and allowing Him to light our path one small step at a time. And then in the, in the midst of that, there are going to be moments where there are things that we want to let our drawbridge down for that before maybe we didn't have the courage, maybe we didn't have the wisdom, maybe we didn't have the friends and the accountability, whatever it may be, we didn't have community around us to help us say no to those things that are not life-giving to us. And so that as you begin to move forward in your walk in this, that there's people around you, the truth can be around you and say, you know what, I do not need to let down my drawbridge for that. Yes, I know that the Joneses have it. Yes, I know that the Smiths have it. Yes, I know that so-and-sos, they're going to get it. But I don't need it because Jesus is sufficient. Christ is enough for me, and I want to set my eyes on him, and I want to do one step at a time. Listen, most of us recognize we have enough stuff in our life. Not just in our homes, but in our spiritual life, there's enough stuff. We've tried enough stuff. We've packed enough stuff in the attics, in the closets, and we've got some of it. We've got storage houses full of stuff that we don't want anyone to know about. And when we die, we surely don't want to take it with us. So why do we keep letting down the drawbridge for crap, for stuff, when we know that Christ is sufficient? Invite the good stuff into our life. Let it be life-giving to you. My challenge for us is just to, this, over these next few weeks, is ask yourself that question, how am I doing? To Pull back the curtain. Maybe you need to find a friend and just ask that and sit across from them and just say, hey, here's where I'm at. Here's some of the places in my house. Here's some of the places in my life that, that I just need to do some spring cleaning and get rid of it. And I just need to begin to trust That God has a plan for 10 years, but the plan for right now is I need to take one small step. That I need to lean into God's word and lean into the fact that he loves me and he cares for me and he has his best for me. And he's not going to leave me or forsake me. Just take that one step. And I know that there's possibly a snake over here and a bear over here and danger all around me. But my God loves me and he's protecting every single step along the way. May you guard your doors. May you guard your hearts. Because from it, 
who you are and what you're about flows out of it. It can bring life or it can bring death. May life flow through you. Let's pray together. Father, how are we doing? We admit that we want friends, but so many times we don't want friends that really know how we're doing. So, Father, maybe we just start here today with you, and we just kind of open up our hearts, and we say, here's how we're doing. We just whisper it to ourselves in our hearts and our minds under our breath, and we just whisper, it is, I'm not doing good. Well, man, this has been the best year ever. Or God, here's some stuff that I know you still want to work on. There's some areas in the attic of my house you're trying to clean out, but I keep telling you, giving you excuses on why I need them, why I might need them. And you're saying, no, you don't need them. So, Father, I just pray for each one of us in this room that we would just get honest with ourselves and just answer that question with reality, with vulnerability, with transparency, and just answer the question, how are we doing for real? And from that place, we can begin to take the next step, that you will light the path one step at a time. Father, this morning we decided to deliberately make a choice to guard our heart, to protect it, for your sake and for ours. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.